Addiction plays hardball. He would hit me with these verbal attacks. I just said to him, I love you so much. You're such an amazing person. I can't take this ride anymore. It was the fact that dad made that sentiment and broke down. And years later, he told me it had a huge impact on him. Sometimes doing what's right for your loved one is the hardest thing to do. Karen is that right thing. Visit CARON.org slash lost. Is America's primary system working? Is the Electoral College still the best process for electing a president? Could a third-party candidate ever be successful? In a new season of You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen gather the country's top experts to explore these issues and more as we approach the 2024 presidential election. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available now wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Killing Time, hosted by two girls, one goth. I am so excited about today's episode. Me it too. Is. We're yes. rocking. We're rolling. It's all music themed, which is my favorite thing in the world. Live music themed. Live music themed, because concerts are some. Because we miss back. them. Because we miss them. <laughs> Not really, but sort of. <laughs> and we miss them, and I want to be in a crowd, and all of that good stuff. stuff. Um, do we have any housekeeping, Alexis? I think so. I mean, I think we're going to continue to tease Patreon, which we'll have coming at some point soon. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, I I will say it'd be nice if you haven't given us, because we know that you are the hardcore firsties. If you haven't given us a review, uh, go and give us a review and uh, put up some stars up there and write something out. That would be lovely to see. Yeah, I know. We haven't asked for a review in some time. I would like to see that. And Billy will read them. I will read them because I'm a He studies them with his little monocle in his little library (laughs) cave where he sits. Just... (laughs) He, like he blows them up on a transparency and overhead I projector do. and just studies them word for word. Yes. yes. And then replays them to us, even if they're terrible he's, and really ruins our day. Because he's a masochist and a sadist. Yes, both. Both. <laughs> yes. Oh, that's great. All right. Well, Billy, what day is it today? Speaking of sadists. <laughs> yes. January 20th, back in 1982, this was the day that Ozzy bit the head off of a bat at a concert in Des Moines, Iowa. Yikes. Now, this bat bite heard around the world. Yes. And for decades come. That was 40 years ago. And people still talk about it like it just happened. I yeah. thought it just happened. I thought it was recent too. <laughs> Fuck. All right. So, so here's how this came up. So, people would throw, like Alice Cooper and Ozzy Osbourne were two people that they would throw stuff, the fans would throw stuff onto the stage. Usually those rubber bats or snakes, like rubber snakes and, uh-huh. and that kind of thing, plastic things. But. Ozzy had a meeting a few before this concert. Had a meeting with CBS executives, and apparently it didn't go very well. And he bit the head off of a live dove. In the meeting, yes. Where did he get the dove? I don't know where this where these things happen. <laughs> so that is not chill. So, I feel like the dove message. It's just uh, uh, the dove. Uh, <laughs> no, it's just cruel and strange. And I 
people would think you're unhinged. I mean, that tra- all tracks. You think it's well, better for a bat? I think no animal should be harmed in meetings. He's the prince of darkness, okay? <laughs> so here's what happened. There were these teenagers, Mark Neal and Carmen Kelly, and they were from Des Moines. Two weeks before the show, Neal's younger brother found a dead bat, and uh, he put it in the freezer and said, hey, you know what? We should bring this to the show. And throw it up on stage. Ew, like a real dead bat? Yes. Ew. Wait, it was a dead bat? Well, there's there's some controversy here. So now they bring it to the show. They toss it on the stage and it it lands at the feet of uh, Rudy Sarzo, who's the bass player. And then he, Sarzo, like looks over at Ozzy, be like, hey, it's a bat. You know, if you want to do something with it. Ozzy, he's used to people throwing the rubber bats on the ground at him. He picks it up and bites down. Oh, my God. He thought it was rubber. Immediately, though, something felt wrong. This is from Ozzy. Very wrong. For a start, my mouth was instantly full of this warm, gloopy liquid with the worst aftertaste you could ever imagine. He wrote in his memoir titled, I am Ozzy. I could feel it staining my teeth and running down my chin. Then the head in my mouth twitched. Now, but here there's some inconsistency here. Yes. If they said that they refrigerated the bat, there's no way it would have warm oozy guts. It would be cold and refrigerated. And if the bat had been dead for weeks, yes. it's not going to be twitching. Yes, the teen said the bat was dead. Ozzy insists it was alive. Either way, he got a rabies shot. Now, well, listen, Ozzy was doing a lot of drugs. <laughs> you know, also you're on stage, your adrenaline's pumping. I bet anything, your mouth feels hot. I think. <laughs> Again, your mouth is just hot. Your mouth's hot. And I, you know, things, you don't always remember things the way they happened. Now, now the thing about this story is that this is 1982. So now this traveled via newspapers and magazines, but also on the playground and things. You know, I'm 10 years old. The story morphed into this, the, these stories. And I remember this growing up. One of the stories was that Ozzy, Put a gave a puppy to the crowd and said he wouldn't perform until they killed the puppy. Oh my god! This these were stories that we would that hear. You thought were real. There was also a story that Ozzy uh, put a bucket, gave a bucket to everybody in the first row, and had them spit in it, and then he drank it. Oh, I've never heard that's any of these. That's that's nastier. This than is what anything. happened before Snopes. Before you know, this it is was word this of is, mouth. It was all word of mouth, and it was it was an amazing time to live up until twenty years ago. Thirty Ew, years ago, so not if your reputation has been <laughs> sullied for I, no reason. I think, I think he's doing fine. <laughs> well, so I have a question. Then after that moment, he never ate another. Well, sorry, two questions. Was the dove confirmed real that he bit a dove's head off, or was that just like another rumor? Uh, that, that is, apparently it was confirmed, but I can't, uh, you know, what is confirmation back then? And then my second question is, did he ever bite the head off of anything else living on a show or that was just a one and done thing? I'm sure. We know of? I don't know. I mean, you have to think that if he was doing that and he did, de- he did it, wouldn't you want to be, it's like, it's like throwing an octopus onto the ice at the Joe Louis arena in Detroit. You're going to want to be the person that throws the bat out there so then they could, they, that he'll chomp Octopus on it. Octopus so. on the ice. You don't know what that's about? No. Uh, are they alive? No, they're dead. A dead octopus? And then what happens? They just throw it out onto the ice. That's horrible. For what reason? Just to do it. It used to be because it's, it's, it was, you needed eight games in the playoffs to win the Stanley Cup, so they would do it right in the beginning of the playoffs. As like that's a so, lucky eight tentacles. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. I don't like that. Me neither. Yeah. Um, on to the next thing. <laughs> <laughs> Well, um, anyway, though, um, Jack, you found this, that yeah. uh, Ozzy released some 
9,666 digital bats into the NFT world. Crypto bats, he's calling Crypto it. bats, cool. yes. And I have been diving into the NFT world recently for other reasons, but I was looking and they have like a whole... He has a whole roadmap set up for like what the NFTs are going to do. He says that any, every crypto bat holds an innovative power, the ability to bite. So you can, the, your NFT bat could like bite a different thing and turn it into a mutant bat. Like that's all this stuff that obviously he doesn't have probably anything to do with, but he's hired a good team to make him probably a fuck ton of money in the crypto world with his cool crypto bats. I love that idea. Getting... Getting creative. Yes, that's right. Ozzy. I thought it was so interesting. Um, I love when there's celebrities behind like businesses that you had no idea. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Oh, like, did you know? I just got back from Sedona, everyone. But Jack has done the pink Jeep tours yeah. mm-hmm. in Sedona. I've done them too. They have them. Right. Do you know who owns the pink Jeep tours? No. Dolly Parton. Really? <laughs> yes. Oh Isn't that crazy? It's, so it's this, they have all this fleet of Jeeps in Sedona that go That's off-roading. Awesome. And it's, so, it's such a great thing. And the it branding really is, is really so well cute. Done, yeah. And I'm not even surprised when I hear that. But I'm like, how random in Sedona? She's like got behind the tourism thing. Well, and it has, they don't have her name on it anywhere no, at all. You no. would never know. But once you know that, it makes sense. I love that. That's so cute. So cute. Oh, okay, Dolly. Back to the crypto bats. Sorry. Um, no, that's oh, it. That's so it. go look up the crypto bats. I think they're up up on OpenSea. But yeah, very interesting. Yes, I'm that's what it. happened today, forty years ago. Yikes! All right. Well, uh, we're gonna jump into some other interesting concert uh, fiascos yeah. and concerts gone wrong and all that good stuff coming up. But until then, we have got some bitching to do. Please rise. Court is now in session. All rise. Call the first witness. How do you plead? Guilty or not guilty? All right. Welcome to On The Stand. Uh, this week, we're doing a music... Oh, sorry. A live music themed On The Stand where we're each bringing something that happens at a concert to the stand. We're either going to defend it or prosecute it. And then we're going to see how everybody else feels because everybody out there has probably been to at least one concert and you have your own idea of what proper concert etiquette is, what you like at a concert. So I'm sure this will be a little bit controversial. So Billy, do you want to I do. Yes. Now, I have a lot of feelings about concerts. First, I was just going to do an overall thing for festivals. Okay. Festivals in a field is my worst nightmare. I don't care how good <laughs> the bands that are playing. I just don't want to be in a field. It's just Sounds not a so thing. so fun. What part no. is wrong? The field or the size of the festival? Just, just the, the size of the festival, being in a field, not being able to maybe, I don't know, like sit down. Uh, or you can so, sit down in a field. Yeah, it's nice and it's perfect. Yeah, it's but, very uh, grassy safe to be outside, you know. Uh, I don't like that. <laughs> I don't know. I'd rather be inside. Um, but uh, but uh, it got me thinking to other parts of live music. And I want to put on the stand the mosh pit. Okay. All right. Now, mosh pits, as you may or may know, are the area in front of the stage where people dance. Typically, they started out in the punk movement and then the hardcore movement. And I enjoy the mosh pits even mm-hmm. as a uh, as an elder statesman now do people dance or do they jump up and down dancing is well i mean hardcore dancing was but considered... dance okay so they punch dance let's be sort clear of punch people it. need yeah, to yeah, know yes. that it's not like 
dancing. I think everybody knows what a mosh pit is. Yeah, yeah. This podcast. So yeah, so you're going around now. There's different types of mosh pits. There's some mosh pits that I've been in where you're literally running in a circle, all of you, and knocking Mm -hmm. each other down. There's the wall of death where they separate, and then you literally run and smash into each other, which is terrifying. (laughs) And um, and then there's just everybody just flailing their arms around and 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 things. uh, Yeah, uh, not dancing. Not dancing (laughs) at all. You just imagine doing the windmill. Punch dance. Yeah, it, yeah. yeah, the wind. Yeah, the windmill is something that I used to do. If you would imagine me being oh six my God, foot please four, please don't say that. I know. I'm sorry. Why? Because I was a <laughs> I was a punk kid, man. I love those shows. I was a hardcore kid. So Arm um, windmill Jensen, we'll call no. him. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but uh, here's the thing uh, that I I would like to say about the mosh pits. I like when the mosh pit when there's maybe four rows of of up close mm-hmm. and they're just watching the show. Yeah. And then so the people that are really, really into the band that really, really want to be close and just listen to the music, they can be up there. And then you've got those four rows and then you have the pit and then you have the people behind them. If it's that type of mosh pit, I'm all about it. I mean, there is also when we talk about concert etiquette, there's mosh pit etiquette. And the number one rule being if somebody falls down, you pick them up. So mm-hmm. you want to make sure hopefully you're in a mosh pit with fans that respect each other and you don't wind yourself up in one where people are like trampling all over each other and aren't looking out for their fellow concert goer. Absolutely. We're looking for a woke yes. mosh pit. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. No, it is. I mean, it's a huge thing for the, for a lot of bands that if they mm-hmm. see somebody fall down, like they make sure that they Stop. get picked up. Yeah. I mean, it was obviously a huge thing with like Astroworld mm-hmm. and yeah. the opposite happened to a like exponential degree. But um, yeah, mosh pits are, I mean, they're so fun. Yeah, they really, have you ever been in a mosh pit, Alexis? Yeah. Yeah? Not in it, but I definitely watched, I went to so many metal shows with my ex-ex-ex boyfriend, mm-hmm. like Lamb of God, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, Megadeth. We went to like the Pomona Fairplex. We saw like <laughs> Oof, all yeah. the, that's where all, all the mosh pits oh, yeah. happen. Those, yeah, yeah. those are some mosh pits right awesome there. Awesome chains. Yeah. I mean, we saw like every, he was really into metal. Mm-hmm. Mm. Saw them all. All right, so mosh pits, not guilty. Not guilty. Not guilty if practiced safely. Yes, yes a safe mosh pit. Yes. Um, I'll go next. So I'm putting on the stand the concept of taking your phone out and filming. Oh my God, Long yes. parts of concerts and posting them onto social media. Now, obviously, this happens all of the time. Like, you go to a concert and there are like hundreds, if not thousands, of phones taking video of said concert. This is coming from both perspectives of being at a concert and just having all these phones in your way while you're trying to just watch the fucking show and like remember it in your memory and your brain in the moment. And then also when you're on Instagram and then people are posting five videos of a concert that you don't care about Mm -hmm. and it doesn't translate well onto social media or when you're filming, it's like trying to take a picture of the moon on your phone. (laughs) It just looks like shit. It sounds like shit. Nobody wants to see it. And you never watch it again. You never watch it again. I filmed concerts and it's, I've never, I've never watched a single concert video clip I've taken ever again. Unless something fucking wild and crazy happens. That's going to go viral on TikTok that you needed to film. Nobody wants to see it. Not even you. Not even you. I almost think what artists should do is they should just say, okay, first song, you can have your phones out. And then just put them out. It's basically yeah. like, that's what like a photo pit is mm-hmm. when you go to a concert. Yeah, you yes, take the, pictures for three songs and then three you're songs done. and then get the hell out of here. Yeah. yeah. It's very distracting trying to be, especially if you're seeing, you know, like a heart wrenching band or something that you're really trying to be in the moment for. Yeah. And then you just see a bunch of cell phones recording 
you know, I, I th- being in the moment is so important, obviously. People talk about mindfulness all the time. When I went to Sleep No More, which is that interactive mm-hmm. uh, theater yeah, there. In, um, in New York, I realized the reason why I liked it other than like all the art direction, it was amazing. Was that because people were all standing around watching two people like writhing around half naked and everything like that. And it was amazing, but nobody had their phones out because you weren't allowed to do that. All right. So, you know, I think that we all probably agree on this one. Filming concerts on your phone and posting it to social media. Guilty. Guilty, <laughs> guilty, 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 guilty. All right, Lex. Okay. So have you ever been at a concert? And then someone comes on the stage and they've got a giant like gun. No. A t-shirt gun. A t-shirt gun. Okay. And then they start launching prizes into the audience. Yeah. And you're just like so angry (laughs) because you were enjoying yourself and now you're living in like envy and jealousy because you're like, you Mm. can't get to that prize that's being plummeted (laughs) into the crowd. (laughs) If you were in a field alone, like you, you might have the agility to get there, Yeah, but there's too many people in the way. It's like catching like a bouquet at a wedding, but there's 6,000 people. It's like catching the bouquet at the wedding and like, it's up to chance. You can't control whether you win. Okay. Okay. So, there's prizes coming left and right. I haven't been to many concerts where they have prizes. <laughs> they launch t-shirts into the crowd or like plush toys, whatever people plush use t-shirt gu- guns for. Okay. You've seen them be used. What? At, at sporting events, definitely. Yeah, t-shirt. Okay. <laughs> right? And you're just enjoying a game. Uh-huh. And then some dick bag over here gets a shirt and you didn't. And suddenly your night's ruined. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Seems like a personal vendetta, but okay. No, this is actually, you know, I don't like junk, but there's people who want that Mm t-shirt. Yeah. And I just imagine, imagine you're, anything's possible. Okay. I'm saying out with the t-shirt guns, you can pick them up on the gift table on your way out. (laughs) Okay. First of all, (laughs) yes, you can buy them at the gift table. Yes. But, um, uh, yes. Yeah. I I agree. The t-shirt guns is a little, uh. It's a little much. A little you guys, gr- little nothing gets too. people riled up more than <laughs> shit like that, though. Yeah. We did it at our Lady Gang show. I wasn't a t-shirt gun, but I threw a period panties out into the audience, <laughs> and it riled people the fuck up. Uh-huh. People love trying to grab. It literally, it's... The, like I said, it's the catching the bouquet. Like, it makes people so excited and so engaged. Honestly, it's a hype launcher. It is a hype launcher. <laughs> it's be- it's better than having a fucking hype man before oh, yeah. a band comes people on. People just want swag. They just want free shit. People but love free shit. For as much as people want the free shit, the people who don't get it and the bitch next to them did, their time is ruined. That's because they want the That's swag. Right. That's so, right. So what we're going to do is this. is that at, the, at the first degree live show, what we'll do is we will have a gun, but if you catch it, you don't get to keep it. You, you have, have to, to give, give it, it away. You have to give it away. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. I think that's amazing. <laughs> and honestly, you give it away to someone, but you'll get a different prize. Oh. Yeah, yeah we'll do something. And then yeah. they have to give it away, and then it's you just should, like a chain of prizes. You should give it away to the person who looks the most upset that they didn't yes. get Yes. <laughs> Those are the me's of the is, world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Show your Alexis face. Yeah. <laughs> We're really like budding relationships. I really like this. Yeah. Wow. I think so. Um, I love that this is what you brought to the stand, but like Billy said, it really is a sports game thing. no i've seen it <laughs> at a concert that's right what one i don't remember 
It was like a WBLI concert in Long Island. Or okay, something. Uh, right. Yeah. I mean, I feel like, like something at like a like a pier amphitheater. Okay. <laughs> okay. I could see it at amphitheater at like Jones Beach or something like that. Them doing something like that. Yeah. yeah all right, yeah. There you go. Yeah. They're yeah. a thing. All right. All right. Yes. All right. We're gonna say um, uh, guilty. I'm saying not guilty. What? Not guilty. Guilty. Overruled. Over- <laughs> I love this it. trial. You guys, you wait until we have to do a live show and we got to get the audience yeah. pumped up. You're going to be using one of those t-shirt guns. Oh my gosh. Alexis would be like, why can't we just give him shots? It'd be like, it'd be really expensive. We're just going to throw a t-shirt at them. Yeah. T-shirts are cheaper. <laughs> okay. Shots are funner. More fun. <laughs> All right. There will be no launcher, but okay. We have to call it the hype launcher. Then I'll be fine with it. <laughs> I'm glad we turned this around. Okay. Me too. All right. Well, that was great. Mm, um, feeling good. When we come back, we have got a really interesting true crime rewind for you. Hey mom, first things first, thank you. It's my one year anniversary of my decision to say, yes, I need help. And yes, I choose me. And that's the miracle. I'm lucky that the strongest person I know is my own mother. Love you, mom. Maxwell. Be that strong person who makes the difference. If your loved one is struggling with drugs and alcohol, reach out to Karen for a different kind of addiction treatment. Visit caron.org slash lost. Can you remember a time when you thought someone you disagreed with might actually be right? In the new podcast, You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen pose that question to guests like Paul Ryan, Al Gore, and Judy Woodruff. Come for the stories, stay for the substance and expert insights into some of the most challenging issues facing the country including affordable housing, crime, and education. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, so listen, we are busy ladies over here on The First Degree, and when I have a moment of free time, I don't want to spend it grocery shopping. I want to spend it rotting on the couch and watching reality TV, and that is why I love Thrive Market. So Thrive Market is a go-to for all of my grocery and household essentials, and the convenience of getting everything online then quickly shipped to my doorstop is such a huge time saver. So Thrive Market carries brands with the highest quality ingredients and sourcing methods. They actually restrict hundreds of ingredients across their food and cleaning categories. So you can go on their website and use their filters to suit any of your lifestyle needs. If you're allergic to a certain ingredient, if you just don't want to have it in your life, that's why Thrive Market is so awesome. So whether you're looking for organic snacks for your kids or low sugar alternatives or gluten-free pantry essentials, you can curate your own shopping experience with just a few clicks. I love this so much because I don't want to read every ingredient when I go to the grocery store. It's so easy to do it online, honestly, when I'm rotting on the couch. So join in on the savings with Thrive Market today and get 30% off your first order, plus a free $60 gift. Go to thrivemarket.com slash first for 30% off your first order, plus a free $60 gift. That's T-H-R-I-V-E market.com slash first. Thrivemarket.com slash first. Yeah, it's rewind time. Hello, everyone, and welcome to True Crime Rewind. We are going to go through live music that has gone wrong. And we're talking when ra- about... When, when what goes wrong? When live, live, music, live goes music goes li- wrong. Yeah, no. When live music goes wrong. Okay, good. That was good. Yes. What? All right. And we're not we're not going to talk about... This is where the concerts, where the setup was the nightmare, created the nightmare, as opposed to... Uh, the, the Vegas concert shooting or the Eagles of Death metal terror yeah. attack and or the Dimebag Daryl assassination. So 
looking at um, these uh, concerts where things just went horribly, horribly wrong, I want to start uh, first with Guns N' Roses Metallica tour 1992. So there was two things that happened here. So they're up in Montreal. And apparently, and this is really interesting. So we're getting this, by the way, from iloveclassicrock.com, yes. where I get all my classic rock information. So they said that um, uh, Kurt Cobain, they actually, Axel asked Kurt Cobain if Nirvana wanted to open up. Imagine if that was the show, Guns N' Roses, Metallica, and Nirvana. That's wow. crazy. Insane. Anyway, Kurt said no. They go to Montreal's uh, Olympic Stadium. And at that show, James Hetfield the lead singer and a guitarist for Metallica. Um, he stood on top of a pyrotechnics cannon and it blew up. Holy and he shit. He basically blew himself up. So they had to cancel their set for the show. So then, you know, the concert promoters probably like, it's okay. You know, we've got, we've got guns and roses, you know? So, so <laughs> guns and roses, instead of being like, Hey, um, they canceled their set, their show. Maybe we should go on early. Guns N' Roses had Axel, and Axel's like, now nah, we're going to show up really, really late to the show. So they show up really, really late to the show. They um, Axel says he has a sore throat, and he says, we're going to stop, and we're not going to play anymore. Mm. So what you've got is you know, Metallica canceling the show, and Axel probably playing four or five songs and then leading it. So this led to rioting. Looting, fires, arrests, and damages amounting to half a million dollars. Yikes! And to till this to this day, Guns N' Roses is banned from Montreal's Olympic Stadium. Wow! Yikes! All right, now that was at one where uh, you know, thankfully, nobody uh, was murdered or. Or, well, uh, but or, I d- or killed. But I yeah. told you to put this other one in there, but Metallica's concert in Russia in nineteen ninety one. They played to 1.6 million people. people. Yes. Oh my gosh. How? Look at, I have a picture of it. Look at that fucking crowd. Yeah. It was you can insane. YouTube it. Jared's favorite band is Metallica. That's the only reason I know about this. And But you can YouTube this concert. It is the most insane thing that you will ever see when it comes to crowd size or whatever. But I'm pretty sure like 56 people died just because of how big that crowd was. Mm-hmm. And wow. it was like. I mean, that's a city. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's fucking insane, but that was well, now. Yeah. There's a big thing when it comes to uh, open seating, you know, general admission. Yeah. Now the reason you now they used to have the general admission in entire um, arenas and then the who tragedy happened. So 1979 tour, they have a sold out show in Cincinnati. Everybody is waiting because 80% of the arena was general admission. So the, the, the sooner you get in, the better seat you're going to get or better right. standing place you're going to get. The crowd, thousands of fans are outside. They hear the Who start playing and they think they're starting the concert. But meanwhile, it was really just sound check. So they all start stampeding and 11 people were di- died and 26 people were injured. Holy shit. Now that changed, that stopped... Um, a lot of the whole general admission thing. That was like the thing where it's like, we can't have general admission anymore. Now, one of the worst tragedies in live music history was the Great White concert, the Station Nightclub in 2003. This is when, um, do you guys know this, this story? Mm-hmm. So Great White is a band. Uh, I think they did the song. Their big song was Once Bitten, Twice Shy. Yeah. Uh, hair metal band. Uh, they're doing sort of a, 
a uh, not a reunion. You know, like they're not the big band anymore in 2003. But they go to this small nightclub, 250 person capacity, but there are 400 people attended the show. And it was a really small stage. You can see videos of it. And they decided that we're going to use our pyrotechnics. The pyrotechnics, which were like, if you go look at these pyrotechnics, there weren't anything th- that crazy. But they were. But if you're, you're in a club for yeah, 250 exactly, people, yeah. that is so, so tiny. They were almost like, a pin, like pinwheels. Yeah. That's what they look like. Yeah. It caught the foam soundproof insulation and the place went up. Now, here's one of the things that I always tell my kids, and, and this is a take home from this. The reason why so many people died, 100 people died, the reason why so many people died is because when they they panicked and they stampeded towards the main entrance, because a lot of times when you go into a, a place and something happens, you go to the, the same way that you came in. Yeah. Because of, you know, 99 times out of 100, there's going to be other exits. Always look for the exits whenever you go to a any kind of place, any right. kind of restaurant, hotel, bar, whatever it is, and concert venue. So 200 people were burned, 100 people died, including Great White's guitarist, Ty Longley. Oh my God. And, Out of 400 people? That yeah. is so crazy. And the tour manager, along with the club owners, were sentenced to 10 years in prison for involuntary manslaughter. Mm. Whoa. Yeah. Yikes, dude. Now, the sort of granddaddy of them all when it when it comes to live music going wrong is the Altamont Speedway Free Festival of 1969. Now, uh, 1969, obviously Woodstock was a big deal, right? Mm -hmm. Stones didn't go to Woodstock and they were just like kind of bummed like, and they were also getting feedback that their ticket prices were too high. So the Rolling Stones said, we're going to do a free concert in San Francisco. They wanted to do it in San Francisco proper. They couldn't get the permit. So they said, we're going to do it on this, um, at this Speedway. Okay. So 300,000 people come to the Speedway in Northern California. Who do they hire for security? I don't know. The Hells Angels. Oh, my God. Yeah. Okay. What do they pay the Hells Angels for the security? Oh, God. $500 in beer. Oh, shit. <laughs> so this is what they're being paid in, right? Oh, my God. There are – so while the concert is going on, a uh, 18-year-old uh, kid named Meredith Hunter pulls out a gun while they're playing Under My Thumb. And a Hells Angel sees him, stabs him three times, <gasps> and then then kills him. Oh, my God. And then it's just – you see guys, Hells Angels guys with pool cues. Like who walks around with a pool cue? But these guys are walking around pool cues, hitting people. Go watch Gimme Shelter. You see uh, Mick Jagger up there trying to tell if you if you you guys got to chill. Are we going to leave? You know, like oh, completely out of it. My God. Um, and there was also a hit and run accident, and and uh, one person drowned in an irrigation canal as well. Yikes. So Altamont is considered sort of like the beginning of of this kind of mess, and. You know, there was also one, uh, the Pearl Jam one, you know about that? Mm-mm. There was a, in, uh, in Denmark in the year 2000, Pearl Jam had a, over 100,000 uh, fans at this show. They were asked to, to um, the rain-drenched crowd push forward towards the stage. And that's what happens. It's like, that's what happened with Travis Scott at Astro World is that they, you know, once you start playing, everyone rushes the stage. Yeah. You know, that happens a lot. Yeah. But then... When you got a, a stampede that that's big, people fall down and things like that. So, Pearl Jam uh, cut their their set short, but it was too late. And uh, the Cure was supposed to go on after Pearl Jam. They canceled, 
And uh, I think it was how many people died? Nine people were crushed Yikes, to death. dude. Yes. Bleak. This was a very bleak true crime rewind. Very bleak. But um, that the, the biggest thing I can tell you is just stay away from the crowd and and look look for your exits. That's mm-hmm. my takeaway. And because my, you know, I mean, you've been to Warp Tour. What would be the? Has there ever been a time when you were scared in a crowd? Yeah, because when I was even like prepubescent, when I first started going to concerts, I would push myself. That's like the most fanatic I was mm-hmm. with all of the bands that I was into. And I would push myself right up to the very front of the barricade. So I was like 85, 90 pounds just being smashed against the barricade. So there were many times that I was just like scared, in pain, just whatever. But I thankfully didn't have any sort of like really, really serious situation happened. But I know some of my friends that have like gotten in stampedes and trampled all over, um, trying to like either run into or run away from mosh pits or crowds or whatever. It's scary. It can happen to anybody. Yeah, Mm -hmm. it really can. Yeah. Yeah, It doesn't matter how big or small you are or whatever. It's just like, you know, if you get caught under that crowd, that's it. Yeah. All right. So that was true crime. Rewind. Sorry, it was such a freaking bummer. Rewind. 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 Yes. Um, but now we're going to hear from you all people on the worst things that you've ever done. You all people. I'll use people's. Addiction plays hardball. He would hit me with these verbal attacks. I just said to him, I love you so much. You're such an amazing person. I can't take this ride anymore. It was the fact that dad made that sentiment and broke down. And years later, he told me it had a huge impact on him. Sometimes doing what's right for your loved one is the hardest thing to do. Karen is that right thing. Visit caron.org slash lost. You might be right. It's simple, but something you almost never hear in politics today, with each side more concerned about scoring political points than solving problems. I'm Bill Haslam, a Republican. And I'm Phil Bredesen, a Democrat. We're former Tennessee governors, and we invite you to listen to our podcast, You Might Be Right. Join us and guests like Al Gore, Paul Ryan, Judy Woodruff, as we take on important issues facing our country. Listen and subscribe to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee. You are a horrible person. What's the worst thing you've ever done? Welcome to your favorite segment of Killing Time, hearing about how you're not as bad a person as you think you are because listen to what other people do. Uh, you can feel good about yourself. And even if you did the bad thing, you can feel good about yourself because mm-hmm. we'll find a positive spin. Yeah. Sure will. Let's start with our first, shall we? Hi, first, Steve. I am calling in the worst thing I ever did. And I don't know how high on the list it is, but it's a story that I'm willing to share. So. This story comes from one of my earliest memories. I was probably about five or six years old, early 90s. So at my house, we had just gotten our first cordless phone. I know listeners may not understand, but um, it was a big deal because I could take the phone wherever I wanted in the house and make a phone call. And the curious child I was, I decided that I was going to lock myself in the bathroom and dial 911. I was very curious on if all the things I had been told were true and if they would come. So 
you know, I didn't just dial it and say I needed help. I put on an entire performance of crying, yelling. Um, I don't know how my dad didn't hear me. I told the 911 dispatcher that my father had fallen down the stairs and that his legs were broken and he could not get up to get help. Um, I, I remember turning the phone off and leaving the bathroom. And about five minutes later, we lived very close to the firehouse. All of these firefighters were banging on the door and um, my dad went and answered it. He obviously had not fallen down the stairs. He was completely fine. He sent them on their way. Luckily, I guess they just thought it was a prank phone call, and I was never accused or questioned about what had happened. Uh, now that I'm older, I feel terrible about wasting resources. Um, and I did get a little bit of payback when my son was at my in-law's house, and he was about the same age, and he pressed the big red 911 button on their security system because he was curious if the police would actually come. So let's just say it all comes full circle. The only person I've ever told this story to is my husband. My father still does not know that I was the one who called 911 that night. And I don't even know if he would remember the fire department coming, but it is one of my earliest formative memories, and I thought you guys would enjoy. Thank you. Love the podcast. What like a what a classic wholesome sort of naughty thing to do. <laughs> I'm she is lucky that she didn't put on even more of a, an elaborate thing and say that like her dad hit her or something right? or like that there's some violence happening from somebody in the house and she could have Good thing it was pretty innocuous. Yeah. Yes. And there's also the good thing that there wasn't maybe like a fire across the road or something and they that didn't they see it, that they to. failed to go to because they were coming to this. Yes. I think a lot of people have these stories. Like a lot of yeah. people, I mean, they make such a big deal about 911. It's yeah. like tempting fate. It like, is tempting. You know, it's like if you bring so much attention to the, the these numbers that you're only call if it's an emergency, like it's just dangling a carrot. Yeah. Yes. And there's a phone in every room. Like how are we supposed to resist? I mean, I like the fact that we know this secret and your dad doesn't i'm pretty sure your dad would remember yes. when the fire trucks come people remember fire trucks it's kind of a thing yeah unless they came <laughs> over many times which yes. they might have but i also love the full circle moment i love that our son did the same thing it really goes to show that we all have that curiosity deep within us especially when we're growing up because yeah. it is this like forbidden tempting kind of a thing they're like they don't they're, for me, they're going to come for me. Doubtful. Yeah. Doubtful. That that whole, like, it's a whole thing for them to show up. Yeah. <laughs> they came. They, came. they care. <laughs> oh, oh, I love that. <laughs> All right. Well, that's a good way to start. Let's move on to our next. Hi, I'm calling in for the worst thing I've ever done. Um, I originally wasn't going to call because I didn't think so many people were sexual deviants. So here goes nothing. In college, um, which is when I think most people were probably the one of the worst versions of themselves, um, the, where I went to college, bars stayed open until 4 a.m., which already is far too late for 18 to 22-year-olds to be drinking. But one night, some buddies of mine and I decided that we needed to continue drinking past 4 at a 
had a buddy who knew of a hookah bar that stayed open until 6 a.m. So we proceed to go here, continue partying, and lo and behold, I meet a nice young lady on the dance floor. We start making out on the dance floor and figure that we need to continue this somewhere else. So we step outside of the bar, and right next door to the Tuka bar is a local sandwich shop. Um, outside of the shop are those metal tables and chairs that have kind of that crosshatch pattern on them. This uh, nice young lady hops up onto one of these tables, lays down, and we are on a main street in front of a local sandwich shop having sex on one of the tables that people eat their food on. So it doesn't quite end there, but we continue that. We finish, and because I do not want to get her pregnant, pull out, finish kind of all over her, and then I pull up my pants and walk into the night, leaving her on the table. Uh, so, yeah, that happened. I could not tell you what she looks like. I couldn't tell you her name. And I think that is, I had to choose between two things, and that's one of the top two worst things I've ever done. I can't believe there's another one that's like that. No, please call back. Give us your other one. Because this is probably one of the best calls we've ever gotten. As far as, like, shock value. Well, and, you know, you're a pretty good storyteller. And it's shocking. Mm -hmm. And listen, there are two perspectives here. Like, this might be one of her craziest stories, too, that she laughs about. And she's yeah. like, and I never talk to that motherfucker again. Like, people have these stories in their, like, repertoire. And I think yeah. I think it can be all lighthearted and fun. You're too consenting above 18, <laughs> uh, which mm-hmm. is important. But, yeah, I mean, I, th- I think we all have crazy college stories. Yeah. And uh, you know what? Sure. I, I, I always try to think about how to get more men involved in true crime. And here you go. You have a male. Here he is. He's a fan of the show. And this is what he delivers. Yeah. Good the shit. Men, no, Good honestly, content. our male callers for worsties, they've always really brought it. Yeah. Yeah. They, and they, they're so definitive about, about the story. They're like, and this is what happened. And, and I zipped it. up and into the night. I mean, you used verbs, you used adjectives, <laughs> like you had dramatic pauses in all the right places. Yeah. I feel like you told this story before, and it's yeah. nice and refined for us, which yes. I appreciate. Yes, and I think it's one of the, one of the things too. The two, obviously, most of our listeners are female. If you do have um, people in your life that you don't necessarily listen to the show, try to find their stories and see if they will come on with us because they will become part of this family because that's what it is. That is true. It's one mm. big weird demented family. I do have a note about part of the story. Um, my parents are germ freaks. They mm. wipe down everything that they, any surface they eat off of, mm-hmm. any utensil they use, especially because of COVID. And hearing stories like this, I'm like, maybe I need to adopt that a little bit more. You don't know who has been fucking on the table that you're eating your sandwich on. Honestly, I'm glad you brought this up because when we were, he was telling the story, I intended to address this. Yes. Um, First of all, those tables are so cold and uncomfortable. I would rather sit on the ground and sit on one of those metal. Did he say what city he lived in? Mm, I don't think so. Okay. No. Um, But like so uncomfortable. They're always cold. They leave those crisscross patterns on your legs if you're wearing shorts. Just terrible. So 
avoid those for several reasons now. I mean, yes. they're outside all day and night, so the deviants can be doing things on them. <laughs> deviants. That, his word, not mine. Yes. Ah, that's a good one. No, but just, you know, maybe don't put your food directly on the table when you're going to eat it in a public space. Don't touch it. Because I don't know if he finished only on her, you know? Probably not. It definitely is on the table, yeah. on the chairs. <laughs> For all of you. Wipe that shit down. Yeah. <laughs> Wipe everything down forever. Yeah. Yeah, it's not just a COVID thing. No. no. The worstie is for today, and now you're going to lead us off into the night. Mm, that's right. <laughs> this masterpiece is called George Hates Music. Okay. He hates to feel good inside. He hates to feel so alive. He thinks concerts suck. He does not give a fuck. <laughs> Andy, oh wait, no, 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 this, sorry, the cadence is wrong. Okay. It's a limerick. It's a limerick. <laughs> now I'm going to read it correctly. <laughs> he hates to feel good inside. He hates to feel so alive. He thinks concerts suck. He, he does not give a fuck and he can't dance. His limbs flail at his side. <laughs> <laughs> it's a limerick. <laughs> fuck, it's a limerick. <laughs> Oh, that was great. I forgot. Well, there's so many poems. They just, the beat gets lost. That's true. You got to get your right, correct cadence. Bring that beat back. Bring that beat back. Hi, Max. I wanted to share something with you. I wanted to tell you how grateful I am on how you've embraced your sobriety since day one. I'm grateful for how you changed your life. I'm grateful for the love you have for me. I'm grateful for you. Love, Mom. If your loved one is still struggling with addiction, you might not feel like you'll ever get to grateful. But we can show you how. At Karen, we've helped families overcome addiction for 70 years. So if your loved one is ready for something different, visit caron.org slash lost.